everyone. You are listening to Women and Music Season 3, and I'm your host, Alexa Ace. I'm so humbled and excited to be back for another season. I can't even fucking believe it. Like, we did it. We did it. But before we get started today, I would first like to thank you. Seriously. Whoever you are and wherever you are in the world right now, thank you. Thank you to every listener and every guest of Women of Music over the past two years, every reader of Gold Hand Girls over the past five years, and every Gold Hand Girls volunteer, intern, writer, graphic designer, partner, photographer, support, etc. over the past six years. Like what? Six years. Six years of Gold Hand Girls. Season three of Women of Music. Whew. You know, when I think back to when I very first started this crazy thing as a college passion project, this platform is the example of how women ever evolve. I mean, Gold Hand Girls ebbs and flows, obviously, alongside my personal life, but also alongside the consistent rise of women in the music industry, yes. And also, yes, we have a long fucking journey ahead of being heard. But if there's anything I've experienced through Gold Hand, it's that we, as women, won't fucking stop moving forward, especially when there are groups of us, especially when we're angry, and especially when we're passionate. On that note, we are here for the music, but we're also here for the women. And women's rights to abortion and Roe versus Wade were just fucking overturned less than a week ago. So I would like to bluntly state that I and Goldhand Girls stand firm with women's rights. I and Goldhand Girls stand firm with the LGBTQ community, and I and Goldhand Girls stand firm in supporting women's choice to their body. So, <clears throat> fuck you, America. It is time to listen to more women and music. Thank you. Today's guest on Season 3, Episode 1 of Women and Music is none other than the multi-talented Upsall. You might recognize Upsall as I've shouted about her since the day of discovery, but also because she did a takeover on Gold Hand Girls in 2018, and we've been documenting her rise ever since. There's so much to say about Upsall's talent, but I'll leave it here. In the fall of 2021, Upsall released her debut album, Lady Jesus which garnered praise from Consequence, Spin, Nylon, Alt Press, and so many more. Upsall also recently made her late-night television debut, performing I Don't Fuck With Feelings on The Late Late Show with James Corden, and literally just got off tour last month supporting Fletcher across Europe. What? Like, she's unreal. Upsall's unreal, and you're about to hear from her. In just a few short years, Upsall carved out a niche in the songwriting world, and she has lent her pen to numerous hits spanning various genres, such as Dua Lipa's Grammy award-winning Good in Bed, Madison Beer's fiery single Boy Shit, and collaborated with Anne-Marie and Little Mix and co-wrote Kiss My, uh-oh, a top 10 single in the UK. I remember when Upsall had out only like one EP and maybe 10,000 followers. Now, she has roughly 3 million monthly listeners and over 140,000 followers on Instagram alone. I mean, this girl has blown up. In this interview, we casually chat about lyricism, pop culture, and her newest iconic single, Monica Lewinsky. You're listening to Women in Music Season 3 featuring Upsall. Oh my God. Finally. Hi. What is up? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so stoked to like be back. I feel like last time I saw you was literally like, I mean, it was like pre-COVID. It's crazy. 
It was hella pre-COVID. Last time I saw you was like 2019 backstage House of Blues. And then I was thinking, holy shit, you actually did a takeover on Goldhand in like 2018 when you were uh, abroad. So long time coming. Literally, it's been a very long time. When I when I saw your name like pop up in my email, I was like, finally. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I'm really, really stoked. Give me a brief update on what's changed from then to now. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like for all of us, everything has changed since 2019. Um, yeah, it's been, I feel like I'm a completely different person, which is a good thing, I guess. I hope we all feel that way. But um, yeah, I've put out my album, Lady Jesus is out. Um, I just got home from a European tour. I've gone to tour the States a few times. Yeah, and now I'm just like back in LA working on music. I just put out Monica Lewinsky, which is my new single. But yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm so stoked that like shows are back and life is back. It's it's a good time. Yeah. So I was opening for Fletcher oh, over in Europe. Oh shit. She's amazing. I'm like such a big fan of her. So yeah, it's it's been really, really fun. Well, hell yeah, dude. I think you're so right. Everyone, everything's changed. I mean, it feels like a completely different lifetime, especially in the music industry. And um, I feel like everyone, like, as you said, has just like been like, hey, I'm a new person now. What's up? Mm -hmm. Literally, which is so cool. I feel like we all went through this like crazy. I mean, we all went through the same kind of shit storm together. So it was a very like humanizing couple of years, but also like everyone kind of got to deep dive into themselves and like work their shit out. Like we're all these like new bitches now. It's great. Fuck yeah. We needed that. So throughout the years, I hear jazz, I hear pop, I hear grunge. Let's dissect each. What does it mean to you as an artist to defy genres? I think like I feel super lucky to get to exist in like a creative space now where like so many artists have like paved the way before me to kind of get rid of genre. Like I feel like now being in music and especially with like TikTok, like everyone's pulling inspiration from literally all over the place. So it's just a really, really freeing space to get to make music. And it's perfect for me because, you know, like I grew up listening to like a lot of like punk music and rock music because my dad was in punk bands. So like that was a huge part of my life. But like I also went to like an art school every day and did like classical training every day. So like it's like two completely different worlds that I've somehow kind of been able to like combine and like I'm just grateful for like other artists in um music who like came before me who like really defied kind of like the boxes that people love to put other artists in um and now yeah now all of us just kind of get to do whatever the fuck we want and like no one's really batting an eye anymore you know yeah that's a great that's a great fucking answer um you said your dad was in a band but you also did some sort of classical training i totally hear your classical training in your in your music and i honestly want to know like do you have jazz influence and if so how has jazz influenced your songwriting um yeah i mean we had to learn a lot about I was always so jealous of like, I was such a nerd at my school. It was like this little art school, but there was this like jazz band that I always wanted to be in. And I never did just because I was in like choir and piano and guitar, like for classical shit. Um, But I loved listening to jazz music and I loved just like people's ability to kind of like improvise. Like that was so impressive to me. So I didn't necessarily like play jazz piano or anything, but I was obsessed with it. And I think just from like going to jazz concerts and like, listening to it all the time. I think that just kind of like drilled its way into my brain to where like now I have a lot of 
I notice just when I'm like riffing on a song or whatever, like I have a lot of weird like jazz tendencies. And I think it's just because I was like a fan growing up of like everyone around me who played jazz music. I think that's so unique of you because you can you can totally hear it, but like not at the same time. Like like exactly what you're saying. I feel like I feel like a lot of your lyricism, at least from an outside perspective, it does almost sound like you're improving within your songwriting. And when you're writing, do you ever write um, like per syllable, or is that is that something you've ever um, included in your songwriting? Yeah, I mean, like sometimes it's really fun to write in a very like kind of calculated way and like um be like you mean like so like literally like just thinking of it as like this vowel sounds good and like phonics sound good you know like exactly yeah yeah it's really fun and I feel like that's a very like Swedish way of songwriting and um I remember like my first time working with a writer like that my mind was like fucking blown I was like you don't even like care what the word is like we're about to find a word that just like sounds really good and like sounds good on the ear. And so that's something that I've kind of started very recently to just like take in all my sessions. Like I think obviously lyrics are like my shit and I want to say something that matters, but if you can say something that matters, that feels cool. And it also like sounds cool the way like the, the vowel sounds or the way it just like rolls off your tongue, then like, that's like, to me, like what like six songwriters do, you know? So I'm trying, I'm learning. Yeah, I love that you said, you know, it's kind of Swedish because mm-hmm. that's so, I mean, you're so right. You reference a lot of pop culture in your music like Monica Lewinsky. Mm. What does pop culture mean to you? And um, how do you as an artist keep it alive or not? Oh, cool question. Um, I mean, especially now with like social media and like the whole world at our fingertips at all times, pop culture plays like a massive influence on like all of our lives, whether we like it or not. Um, For me, I guess like I'm in a time right now where I have such like mixed emotions about just pop culture and social media in general, because it's always so like in your face. And so um, what's the word like overanalyzed. Like I feel like like with the Johnny Depp trial just now, like that was just like shoved down our throats every single day for the past month. Um, And that's kind of why I wanted to write Monica Lewinsky, because I feel like in the 90s and in the early 2000s, like you have the whole Monica Lewinsky situation, but then you have like the Britney situation that like we've all watched for the past whatever, 20 plus years. You have like Miley Cyrus, you have Lindsay Lohan, you have Paris Hilton, like so many of these women who were like huge in pop culture and we're also human beings at the same time, which people seem to not really understand that they could like go through the human experience as well. And because, because they were, you know, just experiencing basic human shit, they were just like completely dragged. And it was also at the same time, like shoved in everyone's faces by the meat or like by the media. Um, So I don't know. I just wanted to make a song about the struggle that they all had to go through. And like, now I feel like we're slowly getting away from that, but like it still exists. And like, people are still dragging women for no reason in the media. But um, yeah, I just kind of wanted Monica Lewinsky to just be like an ode to all those, all the baddies, you know? Uh, yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, your perspective, you know, we hear a lot of like shit on Monica Lewinsky, but what about her side? <laughs> I mean, exactly what you're saying. The media has a hard time portraying the, um, the shit that women go through. So what does, you know, you have a lyric making history like Britney. What does making history like Britney look like to you? 
I think it's just becoming somebody who's just unapologetic as fuck. Like you see Brittany even now after all the shit she's been through, she still doesn't give a flying fuck, which I think is just like so amazing. And that takes so much strength. And I think that's what the song is about is like, same with Monica Lewinsky. Like she was put through the ringer and like was treated so horribly by everyone. And now she's out making Ted talks and like being an advocate for anti-bullying and like feminism and like, that takes so much strength to then come out of the other side of something like that um, and like still be down to like be in the public eye, I guess. So I think that's kind of what I'm referencing as far as like making history. It's like making a mark and then like not giving a fuck what people think about you and just like continuing to do your thing. Fuck yes, dude. And you radiate that. Would you say then that, um, you know, like, like, like Monica Lewinsky, like, like bringing in Brittany, like Miley, would you say that relatability is important? Um, as an artist in the digital age? 100%. I think like it used to not be. Like I feel like the idea of an artist or like a celebrity was like this person or this like untouchable like thing or like this entity like that wasn't really like we looked at people like Beyonce, right? Or like at least me growing up and I was like, she is like not human. Like that's Beyonce. And now I feel like with social media, one of the cool parts of social media, even though there's like a million bad things for for every cool thing um is that it's humanized like all of us put kind of all of us on the same level as like our favorite celebrities and I think that is really fucking cool I think like especially with TikTok like we get to see like what Lizzo cooked for breakfast this morning and like you get to see Doja Cat like dance around her living room like fucking weirdo and like you get to see all these amazing people who like we only really would ever see just on stage and like full glam looking hot as fuck if it weren't for social media we get to just see them like be average people like us and I think that's like a very very healthy thing for for especially for younger like people and like younger generations that's like a really cool thing to be able to to see you know I totally agree I think it it makes it obviously just more human Mm -hmm. um you know like you said you know seeing Beyonce I'm the same fucking way Beyonce Miley, Hillary Duff fucking raised me like, you know, yeah. all, all of those, all of those yeah. screens. Um, so yeah, honestly, I was just thinking, what if people like Miley or, or, I mean, Miley doesn't really count, but Britney or Beyonce, I wonder like what it would be like for them and what they would be posting if social media was as big as it is now in the early 2000s. Oh my God. Right. It would be a fucking shit show. I'm sure I would, it would be amazing. It would be, um, a sh- yeah, it would be so entertaining. <laughs> exactly. Like how amazing would that be? Oh, all I think about is like Paris Hilton and like Nicole Richie, like, oh, the days bring it back up. Saul, you got this. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, you're the shit. Okay, so I want to do a um, quick, like, finish the sentence type of thing. So let's have at it. Kurt Cobain is? Badass. Oh, this is stressful. Fuck. Okay, let's go. I'm excited. Okay, Okay, let's go. go. Okay, Kurt Kurt Cobain is badass. I drink a lot of? Tequila. Oh, what kind? Um, It's this brand called Dulce Vita. It's like my favorite shit of all time. Shout out Dulce Vita. I wish my younger self knew. That everything was going to be okay. Mm, that's a hard yeah, one. Yeah. My favorite drug is? Ooh, it changes all the time. Weed. <laughs> Weed, yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a day in, day out stoner. Period. <laughs> I'm currently listening to? Doja Cat. Ooh, what songs? I mean, everything. I'm like, my favorite Doja song is Go to Town, though. Like, that gets me, like, ready for my day. I love it. Go to Town. Makes you want to go to town. Yeah, exactly. My favorite musician right now is 
like Trent Reznor probably oh my god fucking same oh you have to watch I'm sure you've already watched it but if you haven't watched on Netflix there's a song exploder episode with Trent Reznor and Hurt and oh my god you have oh my god I need to watch oh fuck yeah okay I mean mean, he dissects the song you hear the first like vocal takes it is oh that's my shit I'm gonna get stoned and do that tonight that sounds amazing okay so since you said Trent Reznor um this was supposed to be a quick round but we have to stop there because Trent um (laughs) have you heard I'm sure you have have you heard Halsey's uh you know her last album so good he produced like all of it right the entire thing and Atticus Ross of course too so it's amazing that's that's an example too of like defying genres I feel like what a what an epic collaboration um, to still result in some sort of like visual pop, mm-hmm. but but you're you know bringing those communities together and also the '90s. We miss exactly. that. I know. Shout out to Halsey for doing that because she is like at the end of the day like a pop star, but she's like not nah, like we're bringing back Nine Inch Nails vibes. Like that was fucking that was a really cool move on her part. So original, like she's so, yeah. so authentic. All right, social media is bad. <laughs> Yeah, bad. One day I will. Um, oh, one day I will. Oh, I don't wake up early finally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not me. I shop at online. Same. Yeah. One thing I want everyone to know is that instead of comparing yourself to other people, you should compare yourself to where you were like a year or two ago and just like appreciate your progress. Mm, nonstop. Yeah. Nonstop. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, I love that. That was cute. I'm like, I, I wanted to like a whole episode like that. You should just an hour of just like question, question. Let's go. It's amazing. You know what? I might do that. Like a combined episode at the end with like everyone's questions. Just like a That's spit. Great. Right That's amazing. I love that. So you recorded your first live album. Mm-hmm. Something, something I've always wanted to know um, from an outside perspective is do you know what show and what performance is going to be recorded for for the record? And if you do know, are you like, fuck, okay, I'm in front of an audience right now and recording an album? Or how do you prepare for that? Yeah, we did know it was going to be the show in Boston. It was the last show of a little headlining run that I did in January. Um, really fucking stressful because I had never done anything like a live album. Um, it was honestly really cool, though, because it put a new level of pressure onto my show for me. Cause we also um, like taped it as well, like on, on video. And like a lot of those videos came out with the live album as well. So it was just a, a lot of like cameras on me. I knew it was all being recorded, but I also was putting on a show for everybody that was there. So it was cool. I feel like it was just like a new level of pressure that I haven't gotten to, that I haven't had in like a really long time. It was really, really fun. How was it? fucking amazing it was so sick it's also like that was my first time doing like my own headlining shows in um america so it was like it was just a really really fun time getting to hang with a bunch of people who like knew the words to my songs and shit it was really cool yes you can hear that back in the album too and that i mean that's so special and i love that you call it too like this is your first live album you can you can hear people like grow with you hell yeah that's fucking epic um so how do you edit a live album? Did you at all? Or do you just go at it and you're done? There was, so I originally I was like, yeah, I'm just going to 
close my eyes and like upload this shit and it's going to be great. And my front of house, Jimmy, he like mixed the whole thing. Um, but then I was listening back and I was like, there's, there were certain moments where I would just like be like talking or random shit. And I was like, we're cutting some of these talking points out. This is so pointless. For, like, unless you're at the show, you know? So I took out a couple of random little moments of me just being an idiot. Um, and that was pretty much it. Like that's the show basically on the live album, which is cool. I feel like if anyone, you know, hasn't been to my show, like that's, that's what it sounds like. If you want to roll. So, so raw, but so raw. Yeah. You just had at it. Yeah. Um, so what do you see as the benefits of releasing a live album? For me, I think it was just to like coming out of COVID, like it was still kind of during a time we're still at a time where like some people are just like wary to like go to shows, like in certain places of the world. Um, and I also haven't been able to make it to, to a lot of places yet either that I know, like I have like some fans in just from like Instagram or whatever. So for me, it was just kind of like a, like performing and like touring and playing live shows is like such a massive part of my life and like my mental health, honestly. So I kind of wanted to just like, yeah, it's like my favorite fucking thing, but like, I just wanted to like share that part of of my world with people who maybe couldn't like make it out to a show, you know, or if people came to a show and wanted to like relive that experience, like they could go listen to the live album. You're signed to the iconic Arista Records. There's a lot of controversy with artists, contracts and their labels, but I think there are a lot of upsides, too. Can you give us an insight to a few of the advantages being a signed artist? Yeah, I mean, for me, I feel like growing up, I grew up like before kind of being an indie artist was like more accessible now, I think with TikTok. So like my like life goal growing up was like, I want to be signed to a major record label. Um, And so when that happened, when I was 19, when I moved to LA, like I was like, I'm doing it. Like, this is amazing. Um, Yeah, it's been, it's been so fun. I feel like for me, honestly, it's so rad to have like the tour support. Like so many people are unable to, to, to open for other people on tour and be able to like afford it. So I'm just so grateful for Arista for being able to like send me out on the road, like, cause that's such a big part of my life. So that's amazing. And it's also just really cool to have a team of people that I've built over the past, like four years who I feel like really understand me and like actually care about my project. And like, it makes me feel like I'm just like not in it alone, just kind of like running around, like, just like, hoping that people like my music it's really cool to kind of have a team who cares and like David Massey um runs the label and he's like an icon himself so it's really cool just to like get insight from somebody who's like broken so many artists like me um and just kind of like learn from him and send him demos and just like hear what his thoughts like it's it's really cool to have a team and I feel like now with like this whole like my label's making me post this song on TikTok like that's actually a real thing. Like that's marketing plans now. That's how, that's how we draw music. I have mixed feelings about it. I feel like we all do. Um, I think now with, with the strength and power of TikTok, which is such a beautiful thing because it gives us as artists access to like so many people who we normally wouldn't have access to, to promote our music at the same time now, because of its power it takes up like 95% of marketing plans now for music. Like I'm sure you get it as well. Like putting out music, like it's all, and now it's not like an aspect of it. It's like the plan is like a TikTok campaign. Um, 
which is fun in, in a lot of ways. And in, in a lot of other ways, it's, it's really stressful because you, we have no idea what the fuck the algorithm is. Like, we don't know who the music is going to reach. So it's like just a shot in the dark every time, but it is cool. It's cool having access to so many people all at once, you know? That's a great answer, honestly, because I think that, you know, again, like, just like you said, the, the back and forth, uh, different opinions, I see the advantages of being signed. And again, Arista seems like a family. It seems mm-hmm. like a, a th- that team that you can bounce off of. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, you want people to hear your music. So marketing is necessary, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. I feel like everyone's so quick to be like, fuck the labels. Like they're making me do this, but like they're making us do it because they want us to win. You know, it's, it's part of like the process for all of us. So it's interesting. I feel like we all just have mixed feelings about it for sure. Totally agree. I'm interested to see, you know, like what some other people say about that. You're the first person I've Mm. asked that question Mm. to just obviously it's like kind of like, again, like a thing right now, but your answer is just, I I agree. I I think it's, I think that it's necessary. So, um, you know, Arista, live record, Monica Lewinsky, what the fuck is next for Upsall? I am just, I just got home from tour. I've, I've kind of been doing like hopping on a bunch of different people's tours, opening for them for the past like six, seven months. So this is my first time being home in LA for like more than three weeks. So I'm just like diving back into writing now for the first time in a while. Like all of my sessions that I've been doing in between tours in the past, like half of a year have been kind of like scattered just like here and there. And this is the first time in a while where I just get to like really dive into writing and like be in the studio all day every day so yeah there'll be a new EP later this year there'll be a lot of new music and then I have some headlining I have a headlining tour in America in October and then a European tour that we're announcing soon in November so yeah I'm really excited just to like get back on the road but I have a lot of music to make before then. So I'm just diving into that right now. It's awesome. It's so cool. And says a lot about you as an artist too, that like you go and go and go. And then when you stop, you still got to write. Yeah. It's like two different parts of my brain, which is cool. Cause like the second I'm like, okay, I'm exhausted from tour. I get to go in the studio and then I'm like, oh, I'm burnt out in the studio. And then I get to go on tour. So it's a nice, it's a nice balance for sure. Nice balance. Fuck yes. Upsal, thank you so much fucking much for being here again this has been like years in the making Seriously, I feel like thank you so and, much. Uh, I mean I just can't wait to see what you do next I can't wait to see I can't wait to support thank you man. I love your visuals I love your music I love your lyricism thank you so one last question for you and that is so far what is your gold moment in life Ooh, that's a cool question um fuck I think I think one of the things I've gotten really good at is like my whole life I've felt like, and I'm sure you feel this too, being in music. It's like, you we're always chasing something. And it's like, once you get the thing you were chasing, sometimes you don't even process that you accomplished it. You're just like onto the next, like I'm chasing the next thing. And so I always have been like, I'll be happy once I win a Grammy or I'll be happy once I can play this show or whatever. And it's like, I think in the past couple of years, if, if like COVID really taught me anything too, like, I'm just happy that this is my job. And I think like every day, honestly, is like a gold moment. And like every show is a gold moment. And the fact that I get to just like, that my work day today is like going into the studio. Like that to me, I have to like keep reminding myself that no, regardless of what I'm chasing, the fact that that is my life is like success in itself, whether or not I feel like I've made it or not, you know? So I've just been practicing like a, a gratitude just in that and like being proud of myself for the little things, you know? 
Yes, that is art. That is artistry. Okay. So, you know, waking up and being holy yourself. Exactly. Exactly. It's a practice. We're learning. You know. <laughs> It is every day, man. And, you know, systems and practices yeah. and they really shape and mold who you are. So that gratitude, I think, especially coming out of the pandemic and um, just moving forward is vital okay. to uh, success, to authenticity. And you got Hell it. Yeah. You got Hell it. Yeah. So thank you so much again. Um, we're going to be keeping up. Uh, where can people listen to your music or, or find your socials? Literally anywhere. If you, I'm Upsol Music, U-P-S-A-H-L on all social media platforms and then if you just look up upsol i'm on all the dsps wherever you want to stream it i'm there <laughs> oh, listen baby yes. all right it's so good to talk thank to you thank you so much alexis um, we'll fucking rage thank you so much dude thank you talk to you later bye thank you for listening to our first episode back god damn does it feel good i mean i walk out of the studio each time with the biggest smile on my face because how can you not so here are a few of my favorite Upsol songs. Drugs, duh. Monica Lewinsky, fine. I don't fuck with feelings. Wish you'd make me cry and lunatic. Don't forget to follow and keep up with Upsol as she's going on a headline tour this fall and you won't want to miss it. I will definitely be there. See you guys next week. <laughs>